Welcome to Sonic Talk number 373. That's a sort of balanced number in some kind of way. Uh, and yes, indeed, uh, we had a week off last week. Or I had a week off live from a live show. We did post the uh, Roger Lynn uh, interview with Lidstrom, which seemed to go down very well. In fact, someone on Synthtopia, when they embedded it, suggested I should be knighted and that I had, in mm. fact, turned down a knighthood because of the yearly cost of um, of being a knight. <laughs> Which was nearly right. It was, uh, I think, it was to do with when uh, I was offered f- a fellowship of the Royal Society, and it was just going to be about six hundred quid a year, and I wasn't feeling too flush at the time. So, you know, nearly right, but yes, quite good fun. Anyway, welcome um, back from my holiday. I was in France. It didn't rain all that much, fortunately. Um, and I have a couple of guests. Uh, before we go anywhere, though, of course, I should say uh, there is no show next week. I was having an interview planned for recording tomorrow, but uh, after months of negotiation, it fell through at the last minute. So uh, I was hoping not to have a break in service, but there will be one week out next week. So no show, no pre-recorded show. Good news is, however, because we had a pre-recorded show last week, our sponsor, who is Isotope, um, will be uh, joining... Well, they've we've got two... Two... Um, prizes to announce today and another prize to uh, another competition to announce where you can win Break Tweaker but more on that later but obviously by mentioning Isotope I can also let you know that Isotope are in fact sponsors of Sonic Talk so uh, let's see who have we got with us this week uh, we're mm. going to go straight to um, we'll go to Gaz Williams Sons Hat Gaz Williams of course <laughs> uh, bass player producer uh, attic musician and songwriter and all general all around audio and music and sound guy. Um, how are you, Gaz? Um, yeah, good, thank you. Uh, been having a very busy time. In fact, I've just been a, quite a naughty, naughty boy, actually. Uh-oh. Bought something. Uh-oh. Oh, my Lord. You got a new waste paper bin? Yep. <laughs> wow. What? So yes. you've got a new Mac Pro? Mm-hmm. Wow, so you must have... Uh, so what? I noticed it's not actually plugged in or anything. Is that actually a functioning one, or did you just like having the object about your place? Um, I'm, I'm configuring it at the moment for uh, uh, taking over my studio, so I'm still using my existing machine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, looking forward to... Um, to life with this little thing uh uh i've been uh, i've been on the data on the data crusade you know trying to sort out the the massive massive multi terabytes of data uh but i've got to be honest i've been using gobbler and gobbler you can if you get it with the free one you get this thing which uh it categorizes all your hard drives and it does it in a really clever way. It looks for project files. Like, for instance, it'll look for Cubase, Pro Tools, Ableton, Reaper, all sorts of things. And once it's looked at your hard drives, it kind of just puts a single icon with, with, the, with the track title. And all the assets are essentially uh, uh, embedded within that one title. Only, only purely from a sort of um, a categorizing 
point of view. But I've gone through all my hard drives, categorized, uh, and now and now I can do these kind of searches. I can just search for Reaper projects on one particular drive, and then they all come up. It's a it's a it's a brilliant system. Um, so does it give you that gives you sort of online uh, cataloging for your your system locally? So you don't need to have the remote stuff. This is just a, a byproduct of having Gobbler, right? Yeah, it's a byproduct, but I think it's actually a really, really nice uh, thing. I recommend people just download it just for that because it's really handy. You get to see where, you know, I don't know, like maybe other people are a bit like me, use lots and lots of drives and things tend to get a little bit... Um, yeah, I uh, No. It, it helps you organise everything. And, yeah, I, I think I'm going to use Gobbler as well as a backup service as well. But, um, I was mentioning that just because you get a five gig free, but you also get this, this app. So I think mm. it's worth it. So Gaz, what, what uh, configuration of uh, Mac Pro did you go for? It's just the, it's the base model really, which um, I think is a quad or 3.7. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Just a 12 gig of RAM. So it's just, it's pretty much vanilla at the moment. But, um, uh, I've done some, I've done some tests on it though, and it's smoking. It's smoking. <laughs> nice. It, I'm yeah. just going to so, restart the streamer because people are having difficulty. It's stuttering. So let me just quickly check. Yes, a new, new Aphex Twin album announced. Big news. <laughs> Quite excited to hear what he's going to come up with. Yeah, there's been a lot of promo for the new Aphex Twin thing, hasn't there? There was a blimp over over um, over the UK, over London somewhere. I must admit, I'm, a glitch is not something that is my favourite kind of thing because it just feels like, to me, what people do is sort of program up a bunch of machines, let them run, and then just choose bits. And it's very un considered to my ears. Well, we don't know if Aphex is going to do that, though, do we? No, I, mean, I suppose he's not. He's always ahead of the curve, isn't he? So, But no releases for 13 years, not under the Aphex Twin name. So he's got a lot, he's got a lot going on this, really. So I'm most intrigued. Uh, reload page. Oh, I'm just telling you. Uh, right. Um, we've also got another guest. We'll say hello to Mark Tinley. Hello, Mark. How are hello. you? Looking very Spanish today. Look like you might be about to uh, swashbuckle or something, whatever that may be. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, a uh, musketeer-like, perhaps. How are you? Mark Tinley, well... I'm all right. Let me introduce you. Mark Tinley, you know... Sorry. Go on, then. Mark Tinley, of course, sound artist, uh, creative thinker, all about town, audio guy, theorist, all sorts of those things. Anyway, Mark, back to you. MarkTinley.co.uk. I'll tell you what I've been doing. Do you remember me saying that I was making some oracle cards? These ones. I finished making them. Oh, yeah. Them, and it's called The System. And there's like 40 cards in a deck. And then I had this wonderful idea that if I'd got 40 cards in a deck, they would need interpretations. So I've written a book <laughs> of nice. all the interpretations. And my son's designed a logo for me. And then I thought, well, if I've got a book and I've got some cards, I should really write some music to go with it. So I've written 40 pieces of music, uh, and it's on an album. Uh, and you were just talking about Glitch, and my album is very much Glitch, I think. And uh, there was a lot of decision-making processes about which 
parts of it or how I was going to put it together to make it kind of fit this whole story. So the so the deck of cards, 40 cards, tells a story and there's a story arc to it. And then the music sort of follows that as well, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but uh, you can get the book free today on Amazon.com if you've got a Kindle. And uh, you can listen to the album on Spotify uh, or you can... Uh, go and listen to it on Bandcamp, and I'll put a URL in the in the room in a minute, so people can go and listen for themselves and decide whether or not it's glitch and whether or not I've made the right decisions about um, which bits I've used. Um, I used Ableton to complete the whole project, which I've not done before, and I got really into the Max for live objects. So I wrote a piece of music, and then I played around with the key signature of that piece of music. So although the, the melody that runs throughout the whole album is the same, it changes modes and scales quite a lot. So it changes the mood by changing the mode. Um, so it's, it's kind of weird because you think you're hearing the same melody all the time, but then you're not. You're hearing like a dark, twisted version of the melody. And I, I, and I did it just by simply sort of manipulating the stuff, the, the original piece of music that I'd written. And it's got lots of scary music box in it as well. Interesting. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It uh, looks like the stream might be bonked. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Uh, it's very hard to actually become a streaming engineer while sitting in front of a mic. So um, it is recording and um, it will be up a bit later on. So sorry if you've missed the live stream, but you'll just have to wait a couple of hours and the, the video stream will be online as well as the MP3. Anyway, let's get on to some topics. Um, I was going to start with, well, let's start. let's start with this one. This is uh, the Mendelssohn Effect Effectorium, which is uh, a, an installation in Leipzig. I think it's been around for a little while, but Peter Kern on Creative Digital Music did a fantastic piece, an interview with uh, Martin Bax of Iconica, the people who put it together. And this is, well, just take a look. It's astonishing. Each of these posts represents a group of instruments in the orchestra. And there's a leap motion in that, which is controlled by the movement of the baton. So you can speed up and slow down. You can change the, uh, the atmospherics of the room. Looks absolutely fantastic, this. I would love to do it. I won't play the whole thing. So, uh, I don't know, my, uh, my partner is always saying how much she'd love to conduct an orchestra, but I don't think she's got the bottle to actually stand up in front of 96 people and kind of be in charge. So something like this would be awesome. And I, I, I really like the look of it. It's, it's all put together with Ableton Live and Leap Motion and OSC and Clips and various different uh, impulse response reverbs. Uh, and it looks just, it's just great for Gaz. I can, I can just see you with your hair flying... Uh, akimbo, you know, just kind of, and a, maybe a, a slightly torn uh, steampunk style composer's outfit, just going for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that thing looked really good. I really like the fact that all of those columns had speak. Oh, he's gone again. Mark, how about you? How did you find? This looks pretty awesome, doesn't it? I mean, 
I've always wanted to conduct an orchestra, but I think I'm probably in the same boat as Jane. I don't think I, I, I would feel intimidated by a hundred odd people all sitting there with their knowledge and their instruments, knowing that, you know, I probably don't know anything like as much as they do in terms of music tech, uh, music no theory. Idea. Um, hmm. I would be, I'd probably be thinking, oh god how am i gonna like tell these people what, what they should be doing but i like the idea of it being digital and i like the idea that each of those columns had a a different speaker on top of it because that creates a real sense of space i guess um i'd like to try it I've, it, it would um, be great wouldn't it and just i just yeah, think it'd be yeah, absolutely really. awesome um, I think uh, the thing about it is that this, I mean, as they said in the interview, which Peter Kerr did a fantastic job of um, uh, of sorting it. Um, hold on, I'm just trying to get Gaz back onto uh, full screen before I come to him. Ah, <laughs> oh, excellent. Nothing seems to want to work yeah. today. That's uh, good. Ah, hold on. Probably a good job. The technology is actually having a week off next week. There we go, Gaz. <laughs> Sorry, you were you were sort of cut off mid flow. It happened uh, happened last time you were on. I think you just kind of mm. went bonk. I hope it's I hope it's not me. I've got you a know, good connection here. You know what I think it is. You know that uh, what BT are doing the same as many other people. What they do is they create these. They use your router to extend the range of their free Wi-Fi. So these are a tiny bit of the bandwidth for other people to use, as far as I understand. So maybe that's what's going on. We've just been... But anyway, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, well, I was going to say a few things that, that Mark said. I mean, for instance, that the fact that there's a speaker on each of those columns would give a really great feeling of... Uh, I think the audio would have a great three-dimensional quality. Um, so I think what you watch on the video... Uh, you know, it's very interesting, but I think to experience that, I think would be really cool. I think uh, I've got the leap motion here. Um, and there's been a, it's something that's been constantly up, updated and the latest version of it seems to be much more sensitive as well. So, um, so I think this is quite an interesting uh, use of that technology, really, because <laughs> um, like we've talked before about the leap motion, it's 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 very interesting technology. It's just finding the right applications for it. And um, this is a perfect it's a it perfect is, one. It? Yes. So I was I was actually thinking, wow, I wonder if if there was some way to use a conducting uh, like a baton for your own projects, you know, and if you had a leap motion. Uh, it might be quite a nice thing if you're working with MIDI, uh, just to, you know, just to just to conduct your own music. Um, I think, uh, I th uh, I th yeah, I mean, th yeah, there's many things that's interesting about this. Do you know if it's a, is it a permanent uh, installation? Uh, I'm not sure. It's in Leipzig. Um, I would hope it would be for. I, I imagine something like that would wouldn't be permanent, but I should. Have, I would hope it would run for a real uh, a, a, mm. a certainly a, a certain amount of time because it. As only one person at a time can use it, there's going to oh, be quite a queue, isn't there? Mm. And, uh, but it's interesting, these installations... Uh, incidentally, at the weekend, uh, I was at the Green Man Festival and I, I had a go of the big 909, the, the huge 909. <laughs> oh, did you? Cool. It was, which is quite fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was cool. Sorry, that was a deviation from the topic there. But... Um, yeah, I think, again, as I say, the leap motion element of this is the thing that really interested me. Um, 
So I'm 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 keeping I'm keeping my eyes very much glued on the developments of that then because uh, again I haven't found any use of mine yet. Yeah, I is... know that's the thing. <laughs> this is a very very specific problem being solved by Leap Motion and some clever programming. Mm. Um, for those of you who want to see it, there's an article on um, uh, Create Digital Music. Uh, by Peter Kern, where he's interviewing uh, a Conoco, the people who put the whole interactive thing together. And there's a really interesting piece and just sort of general information. And he's sort of saying you can't wait to get down there. Um, but you can, you can, you know, the, it, it just looks like such a lot of fun. Um, and look, there's uh, what's really interesting, I don't know if anybody can see this, obviously the live streamers can't, is that these little towers have sort of level meters and each one is a point source for uh, one of the... Um, instrument groups of the orchestra and that just makes it look an awful lot of fun to me defo well um will struggle i mean uh, once again this is not streaming live so the chat room is probably going to be a bit of distraction for certainly if people are asking to me to fix it because it's impossible to fix while i'm actually doing the show so i'm sorry about that but it will be on live so uh let's have a look and see what um the next topic might be Oh, this was... Sorry, Mark. Oh, no, I can't talk to the chat room anyway, can I? Because they can't hear me, right? No, I'm afraid they can't. Oh, okay. So, uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, next topic is... Um, this was via you, Mark, which was the 12 things you should never say to musicians, uh, which I thought was uh, a good spot. This is on Digital Music News by a chap called uh, Ari Herstand. And uh, so, yeah, the 12 things that you should never say. I mean, obviously, there are some, some key ones here. Uh, that Any of these particularly resonate with you, Mark? I mean, you spotted it, so I'm guessing there might be one or two in there that you, that, that you might have heard in the past. I think I'm just guilty of all of them, but probably the worst one is that sounds like... Yeah. Whenever I've been in a room with somebody... I mean, it says here that a producer's probably more able to say it to people, but... I mean, with Duran, I used to just sit there and go, oh, no, you can't use that because it sounds like this. And I'd have, like, this kind of whole uh, musical database of little snippets of things, and I'd kind of bring out tunes and play them to them, and they'd go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it does. So I think I'm rather guilty of uh, spoiling their creative flow by doing that. Well, I think the thing is, as we've seen, when it sounds like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as a human, the human condition... Maybe I've saved from a lot of lawsuits. Well, maybe, that, but the human condition does rather make you feel like um, uh, you you naturally look for patterns, don't you? And within music, certainly what, what it does go on to say is, you know, it's okay to say to friends what the musician sounds like because they need to understand what it is but to the musician obviously everyone wants to feel original but i mean i think the thing is also to remember is when you're doing that you know if it sounds a bit like that it's not going to be a carbon copy but it's going to have an essence of it which is kind of is okay because it'll have a, a spin on it i mean if it is a carbon copy then that'd be problematic i guess sometimes <laughs> <laughs> we we want to classify things so when we hear things just to kind of get context and perspective on it we want to sort of think okay oh that that reminds me of steely dan or that reminds me of um i don't know weather report or whatever yeah. it is you know we like to have some idea I, you know and, and 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 it is annoying and i, I find myself do I, I do do it quite a lot uh but again it's more just to sort of work out what it is and well, once i can work out what it is i can maybe 
you know, I've got Shape a little bit it. more context to enjoy it. Yeah, well, also, I think if, you, if it sounds like, is okay, because if you go, oh, that sounds a bit like, you know, this, maybe in that case, what would be nice to do is to add some instrumentation techniques that that sound world uses just to sort of like take it in that direction or whatever. I mean, though, you, I mm. guess you need those things. So I think that's perhaps a bit, uh, one for me, um, this is somebody said to me was what's your backup plan? When I, um, my friend, uh, I used to be in a band with a, a, a chap who was a bass player and his dad, uh, was, um, an artist, a significant art, you know, quite a contemporary, you know, significant temporary artist. And, you know, we were talking about what you're going to, because it was getting to that sort of leaving school time and what you're going to do. I said, I'm going to be in a band. I'm going to make my living at music. And he just basically laughed at me and, uh, and got really uppity about it. And I just, I got really cross with him because I just thought, you know, what's it, what's it got to do with you? You're not my dad kind of thing. And I, I really got quite angry and obviously proved him completely wrong, which was much more satisfying Though I haven't seen him since. I would like to say, by the way, Michael, do you remember when you said that to me? You're full of, yes, a four letter word. So those are the, that, that's, that is, but I mean, I think even musicians might say, you know, it's good to have another string to the bow. Cause I mean, as we all know, uh, not all musicians can be musicians full time and support themselves. You know, it's a tough world and it's getting tougher. So it's worth, it's good to have something else that you can work on, maybe not a backup, but as a simultaneous, because then you can flip between streams of uh, of it, you know, as fortunes change, I suppose. I know I mean, you you might agree there, Mark, or you might not. I don't know. If, I don't know if I do actually. Um, I think I think not having a backup plan probably made me get further than if I had had a backup plan. So my backup plan, I suppose. I mean, this country. The backup plan is the uh, the DHSS or whatever it's called now, and uh, <laughs> the unfortunately, state. that that actually made me really lazy. Being able to collect a check every week and knowing that I'd have twenty six pounds, I think it was when I was doing that in nineteen eighty three, knowing I'd got enough money to eat meant that I didn't have to make the money to eat. If I had to make the money to eat, I probably would have been out doing shows. I would have been out in the pubs with my guitar playing or. or whatever you know yeah yeah i see what you're um, saying so uh, uh they which would, would have given me more experience at playing live and would have given me more so i i don't know if it's useful having a back i i mean i failed all my exams because i wanted to be a musician and i was <laughs> so focused on that that i didn't do any work on the things i was supposed to be doing at school so um but yeah, jumping in on that, you see, I think, well, actually, some of the points there are this thing that, uh, let me let me see the relevant ones, where people going, oh, when am I going to hear you on the radio? You know, blah, blah, blah. This idea that making music has to, in some way, be for some commercial end game, you know, rather than, you know, the actual making of music as a, as an expression, as an artistic choice, you know, the fact that it needs to be valid, uh, validated by its kind of commercial, you know, potential sure. and judged by its lack of commercial potential. Uh, I, I think that's something that could be a bit irritating because to be honest, my favorite music has no commercial potential <laughs> of, you know, tiny mark commercial potential. So um, I think that's a bit annoying sometimes that that, that a music could be judged on that, on those. Mm. You know, if if you're asking somebody, what's the chances of this being on the radio, or, or how could I improve the chances of this becoming popular? Yeah. Then 
you know, that's a different thing. Yeah. I think, um, you know, this, this idea that music has to be accessible to be value is, I would take umbrage with. I would, yeah, I suppose, that I, I mean, my, my background is very much pop. And when I hear stuff that is just willfully obscure and very difficult to listen to and, 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 and pen, impenetrable, I find I find I get quite uppity about that. It annoys me because it just feels like it feels like such an enormous amount of effort goes into creating music, and you know, listening critically and all of those things. And when somebody's just sort of made it obscured it with something other than you know the the soul, you know, because any any kind of music can be appealing if it's got this sort of soul to it that makes you go, oh, I, there's something about that I like. But when that's all missing and it's just clever and and irritating, oh, I, I have got this long-term project with a composer called Sebastian Goldfinch. We've been doing it for about 13, 14 years now, called Pork Ticket. And Pork Ticket's <laughs> kind of intention is just to make just the most appalling music. But on the surface, it sounds quite nice. But at every musical sort of junction, it always makes the wrong turn into sort of... <laughs> it just keeps you just taking it down just the worst and it's very unsettling and How and, and then the sometimes decisions? you spend two two days solidly on this one track deliberately as to be as horrible and as unpleasant as we possibly could uh, but yeah I we really had so much fun that. making it yeah. <laughs> yeah i think we, we want to hear that definitely that sounds <laughs> How because you're that... going along then so you come to a junction in the song you go like i'm going to do the yeah. bridge now and then you go like what's yeah the least likely way it could go what's the yeah. really what would be really wrong here is that what exactly just yeah exactly and just to sort of, um... a little bit like what i do but i think i meant to be doing <laughs> <laughs> i mean my character is very much a contrarian so if somebody says to me mark could you go outside i'll go like no why should i why should i do that so i suppose my music writing is a bit like that as well but mm. But surely, I I mean, this, isn't, so the I da- isn't, isn't the danger then? So you go, I'm applying my, all my musical nous and f- and uh, instinct into making it wrong. What happens at the end of it if it's really good? Well, it, some people, <laughs> some of my friends love it, which is really strange because it wasn't the intention. Um, <laughs> but I, I think really, to be honest, we do it just purely because it makes us laugh we have a lot of fun doing it and then when we listen back to it we just find it really funny you know so that is its reason ah, and then okay. um and, and i think that that comes back to the point that i was making re- regarding these comments you know, oh, that, God. that that the motivation for making music can be so vast and and shouldn't necessarily be judged just purely on its uh yeah, to, I suppose so. Know. Do you remember? Do you remember that English sitcom where some, or is it a film or something, where somebody's trying to teach a brass band to play and they're absolutely appalling and they fall out with the conductor and they decide at that moment that they're not going to put any of their frills or special extra bits in, and they're just going to play it as it's written on the page. And suddenly the band starts to sound really brilliant and everybody thinks that this person's cracked it, and. Uh, they put them in for a musical competition, at which point somehow the band side with the uh, conductor again. And then when they play for the musical composition, because they now get on with the conductor, they decide to put all the extra bits and frills in and suddenly it becomes awful again. Have you seen that film? No, I haven't. That sounds quite interesting. That sounds quite uh, sort of uh, philosophically uh, interesting for a, for a 
for a piece of music. I, I can't. No, I don't know that one. That sounds for a film. That sounds I great. I could remember what it was called. <coughs> Is it Bra- Brastoff? <clears throat> sounds oh, likely. Brastoff. Has it got? Uh, um, has it got? Can't remember. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> uh, okay. Well. There are a lot of things in here that are quite interesting. And what's, what is also interesting is written by this guy called uh, Ari Herstan, who uh, coincidentally has an album that he's promoting out. I'll just play you a little bit of it because it's, uh, it's kind of... It's very... Let me see. It reminds me of Robbie Neville. So uh, I want to give him a plug. <laughs> Ari Herstan, brave enough, you can buy it on Bandcamp for five bucks. It's got 17 tracks on it as well. How I'm supposed to make a plan with you anyway, so that's fair enough. He gets a plug. I love it that you said it reminded you of something. That would put a bar into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that's I've just I've just been guilty. I can't help it. You see, that's the thing. That's, <laughs> the, there is another one in there which actually uh, I find really. Uh, where is it? Um, uh, you sound like what's the, there's one in here uh, which is also. Uh, tricky, which is more that when a musician asks you what you think, it's like, uh, and when you go to a gig, it's one of those unspoken things. If if praise or criticism is not un, is arrives unsolicited, then fair enough. But when you ask for it, it's always very difficult because often when you haven't said anything, it's because you know perhaps you can't find anything good to say or much good to say, and that's always a terribly uncomfortable moment when somebody sort of says, "What do you reckon?" And you, you've got to either lie or, or just say... Oh, I, you can always I, find somebody. I suppose you can, but it's that uncomfortable moment. I don't like that. I find... I, I, you I go, pref- I really like the sound of the hi-hat. Yeah. <laughs> I, like the, I, like what you, I liked your banter between songs. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Gaz, that's not something I've ever had trouble with you with, I must say. So don't look, don't look sort of... So, I wasn't implying that with anybody here. So anyway, um, so uh, it's probably a good time now to... Um, Bring in a word from our sponsor, and of course, while we're to, but afterwards, we got uh, we got to announce two competition winners, and also we've got to um, have another competition. So you'll be able to win a copy of Isotope Brake Tweaker, uh, Brake Tweaker, uh, which if I press the button, hopefully the ad will play. So let's see what happens if I press it enough times. Um, ah, here we go. Isotope, thank you very much for sponsoring the show. The Brake Tweaker is uh, designed by BT, Glitch Musician B- BT, developed by Isotope. It's not just a drum machine, it's a drum sculpting and beat sequencing environment, blurring the line between rhythm and melody. Yet you can, uh, it's got a massive collection of brake presets and samples. Uh, it's, it's easier than ever to add a modern feel to composition. You can manipulate audio at molecular level, reinvent any beat by controlling rhythm. Stunning content. There's a load of stuff from BT and various other beat people, including wavetables and what have you. You can create sculpture and drum sounds. You've got a fantastic synthesis engine. And if you want to check it out, you should go to isotope.com forward slash break tweaker. And as with all of their stuff, there's a 10 day uh, limited demo. Verily, very recommended. And of course, we've also got winners because the last two shows, uh, the last live show, which was 370, and the other one, which was 371, which was uh, Roger Lynn. Uh, Basically, the winner of 370, where we asked you to uh, uh, tweet out Isorhythm, Isorhythmic, I think it was, uh, we have, the winner is 
Day Polyester uh, on Twitter. That's at Day Polyester. Interesting handle. I don't, I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out what that might represent, but I like it. Maybe it's the idea of wearing polyester during the daytime for your work. I don't know. But if Day Polyester would like to get in touch uh, either via Twitter or via email, just uh, contact us via the form, then we will let get the Isotope Ferry to uh, drop a copy of isotope break tweaker in your inbox and then you can download it for yourself and also uh, the week after which was last week while i was away there where there was no live show we had an interview with roger lynn where he discussed the instrument and just interesting ideas about this 3d sculptural uh, 3d control system uh, very worth watching if you're interested in exploring that uh, the wind uh, i asked you to tweet out uh, the hashtag morphing wavetable uh, because that's also a function of Isotope Break Tweaker. And the winner of that was called No Soul to Sell, which is an, another interesting handle. And that's the Twitter handle at NTS... Sorry, the Twitter handle at NSTS Music. That's at NSTS Music. If you want to get in touch as well, then the Isotope Ferry will help you out with a competition prize of Break Tweaker in your inbox. And while uh, we've got your attention, we would like to tell you that there is also going to be another competition this week. What you have to do, you have to get on Twitter. You have to tweet out the hashtag. In this case, it's Future Beat Machine. I'm kind of gleaning all of these phrases from the blurb on the Isotope site. So uh, that's where I'm getting them. So tweet out hashtag Future Beat Machine, one word, to at Sonic Nick and at Isotope Inc. I will then um, search Twitter for uh, the correct entries, and we pick a random winner from any of those. So once again, just to reinforce that, at Isotope Inc. and at Sonic Nick, you want to send the hashtag Future Beat Machine, and you can win, two can win, a copy of Isotope Break Tweaker. So uh, once again, we thank Isotope for their sponsorship of the show, and if, you're, if you haven't won, you want to check it out, please do. Uh, right then. Um, I the... bought something with Roger Lynn's name on it. Oh, did you? What did you buy? Off eBay. Look. Oh, that is that the M Audio kind of uh, adrenaline kind of spin-off? Black box. It's a it's a guitar amp processor. Yeah, it's the sort of I tempo thing. Thirty, 30 pounds for that. So it's bloody brilliant. Really good. Nice. Roger Lynn's a great guy. He's got a fantastic radio voice as well. He comes across really well. Um, and. Uh, yeah, sorry. What guess. a nice, what a I'm nice chap well as well. Out. I just wanted an alternative to the Line Six sound. I wanted to, you know, have something in a box that I could just plug in and play through. But, uh, it didn't sound like everybody else. There you go. See, that's contrarian again. Yeah, no, there you go. Sorry, guys, you came in. Yeah, he is a nice uh, chap. I was just going to say that that was a really terrific uh, feature with um, with Roger Lynn, and I, I was just really amazed by what a patient, lovely helpful chap and you know without any sort of ego uh, it was uh, I'm fairly sure a couple of times I said some really stupid things and he just didn't rise to it he didn't kind of flash any kind of what are you talking about you fool um but uh, yeah it was uh, it was a uh, it was a great experience and he said he'd come be happy to come back on again as well because I, I mean I'm guessing now it, obviously this product's been in development for such a long time that you know he's He's, uh, he wants to make sure that when he when he starts making it, because the stories were very interesting. I'll briefly outline it because he started making it four years ago, but the, the touch surface he used, he had a prototype for, and then the company was bought by Google, I think it was, and they binned it, so he no longer had the manufacturer, so he had to make his own touch surface to 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 work wow. on it, and so that's why it's held up. So, you know, good on him for actually doing it. Uh. 
anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so what have we done? We've done those two. Um, ah, oh, this looked good. And now this was interesting. This is the pull iPad Lima device editor. No, that's not it. Oh, curses. Is it this one? Ah, this is it. Yeah, right video. Only two videos this week, and I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> this is... Uh... Let me see. I can get that. This is from X-Monster. And it's an interesting notion. This is what it basically... I mean, it's it's very simple in its concept. Basically, it uses the Lemur uh, and uh, Max for Live to create editors for the currently selected device on screen because normally you know if you're using midi controllers you've only got eight parameters you know using the, the macros thing and what this does is it just basically takes any of the devices and when you click on it it throws up an editor which is full screen multi-touch in sort of lima max uh, um os osc touch osc kind of styly but it's such a simple idea. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm sure somebody else has done this, but I can't think who it is because it just seems like such a great, simple idea. And guys, you're an Ableton Live user, and Sonic Touch. We've kind of, uh, edit, we've, we've done quite a lot of uh, reviews of things that can control live. And yeah. rather than trying to do everything, this is just doing one thing. It's 25 quid, I think. So it's not a cheap app, but it just seems like a really clever idea or a, a smart idea, perhaps. Do you, do you have to have um, Lima as well? Yes. Or will it... Oh, do so... you? Hold on. I don't know. It's a question. Uh, I'm just going to check that. Um, uh, what no, do you need? Yes. Pull is the iPad. You've got to buy the app. You've got to buy the app, but I don't think uh, requires. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, that's, yeah. that's so it's 25 quid plus that. Right, plus so it's a bunch of templates. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's perhaps... Well, I mean, okay, so the requirements hmm. are a bit stringent, shall we say, but still... Hmm. Uh, it looks good. It looks very good. Uh, I mean, I was a huge fan and still am of the Touchable 2 interface. And that actually has all the Ableton live devices mapped in a pretty good way. Not as not as good as that, to be fair. Uh, but there is something to be said that that that, that is that that's all it does. So you work that that's the interesting thing with this thing here is that you you work with your regular system you work however you're working you might have your uh, your push i'd imagine it would be fantastic with push so you work in whatever system that you do and that is just there immediately responding to whatever yeah um, so, so you don't have to so you use push to select the device and you then do everything else and then you just go to that for the real time interaction so in in that way i think it looks looks really good um yeah and, and i guess you know when you look at the price of it it's kind of it seems a lot for a, a bunch of templates when you consider that's more money than touchable 2 i think touchable 2 is about 17 pound 50 25 dollars i think yeah. so you know so it seems that's it's quite a hard sell i think but for Ableton Live aficionados, and as I say, especially push users, I'd imagine it would be a pretty, a pretty cool thing. You know, yeah, uh, I, I think you know. Obviously, it's, it is limited to that particular setup, but it's just. I think what I find interesting about it is if this could work. 
that this concept could work with anything else. So you just basically just go, well, whatever I'm doing, whatever's in focus, I'm sure you could probably program something like this with Cubase because Cubase allows for focus devices, and as you've been discovering over the last couple of weeks. And in fact, it could work with multiple other ones. I think there's something similar for Logic, isn't there? Um, well, in there fact, is, yeah. so it Logic does. Remote. <coughs> so That's free, though. That's right. the difference. I mean, if it, I can't, I couldn't justify spending 43 quid on this without having used it a lot first to make sure that it was worth buying. Because I'm always buying remote things that are supposed to control the computer, and then I end up just going, it's easier to just plug in a mouse and just do it with the mouse. Um, and I don't know, I've got like that Novation thing with knobs all over it, which I never use, and which is supposed to auto-map, and then I've got this other thing. That's, yeah, one of these. That's my pads at the moment. Oh, yeah, okay. Which is all right, but I don't know. I just never get round to plugging it in. So, it's... And then I've got Touch OSC, so I can divine, just devise my own interfaces and put the things where I want them and not be tied to templates. So I'd have to find out whether the templates were useful or enough or not, which would mean I'd have to spend 43 quid just to find out because I can't use the templates without the Lima yeah, thing. Yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? And I'm reluctant to spend that much money when, it's, when as Gaz said, that the touchable thing is £17.49, so maybe that's the, the solution. And then, of course, you can map all the, the ASCII keys on your computer to different things in Ableton anyway, and I can just do that, and I can just press an ASCII key and make do something, right? Uh, hey, one I mean, final thing, actually. I just need to say one more thing. Sorry. Anything that's built in Max is going to be a bit kind of scary because most of the Max objects that I've got tend to crash all the time. So oh, really? I'd, I'd, be, I'd be scared about investing uh, that much money in something that was going to crash all the time. Well, it might but not. I'd, I'd need to see it. They need a demo where I could try it and then, then, right. then it can be believable, can't it, if I know that it works. I have is touchable quite extensively now and if i'm using ableton live i i i generally always run touchable along with it now it's that feels stable it feels very it feels very good um oh. I, i've been quite impressed with it but i, I, I was going to mention when you're talking about like specific controllers um i remember when i got my first ipad i put a certain device of mine on uh, I, I thought okay this is going to replace the need for this. So I, I listed it for sale. And this particular item got more interest than I've ever had from trying to sell something secondhand. It was ridiculous. It was like 40 or 50 uh, oh, really? contacts. With it. And the item in question was... Ah, uh, yes, the Alpha Track. Uh, th no, that's the transport. Oh, transport. And do you know what? I told people, I said, oh, gosh, I'm sorry, it, it got sold. It got sold. I <laughs> felt really guilty about it. Uh, Do you still subsequently, use it? I just use it. I use that thing so much. But because it is relatively limited, there's hardware buttons for things. And uh, I don't know if you can see it here. It actually, I've got it on a mic stand. It's got, it comes with a mic stand mount. Yeah. So I just take it when I'm playing. I just have it with me, and uh, I don't know why I'm talking about that specifically. Sorry, going no, off yeah. topic, but it, it, 
to have something alongside your regular way of working and it being fixed buttons or fixed things, I think is, uh, is great. So this particular app, I suppose, if you would dedicate your iPad to running Lima, running that and having it there, then I think it, it would be quite quite cool yeah i mean i'm a big fan of this i mean as you know um you know our the, the rest of our system is run mainly off an ipad and that's something that i've been since i got back from holiday i just thought you know what i wonder if i could control our um other stuff with it and i, I six broke made a breakthrough yesterday where i was getting buttons to recall memories in a pan team's I, I, and i've just it's all run now running because i was running another computer and now i'm running everything off a raspberry pi which is just deeply satisfying <laughs> so as well as tally i, doing yeah, all I other agree cl- with that though I'm not disagreeing with that. I just wonder whether the templates that they've decided on would be useful to my workflow. I've got an inkling that they wouldn't. Hmm. I suppose so. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, it's the sort of thing that you'd want to maybe look into if you already had some of those constituent parts, um, and that would make a lot more sense. But, yeah, it's a bit of an ask to buy all of those things. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't do it if you didn't have Live already, because what would be the point? Cause it, the, well, I've got Live, and I've got an iPad. I don't have the Lima app, because I've looked at it a number of times and wondered whether or not it would work for me. And I found that the Touch OSC app's really good, and I can build yeah. my own objects and stuff on screen and do all the things I want to do with that. So I'm sort of thinking, well, what, what would Lima give me that that can't? Yeah, and Lima and is then, And not... then this is like another step in the direction of, okay, so it relies on having to have the Lima and it relies on using Macs for live. And then I want to... And with Touch OSC, I noticed that when I'm doing things on the screen, sometimes it doesn't... The communication doesn't always get to the computer or it arrives really late or, you know, the feedback yeah. between the computer and the iPad doesn't always quite sync perfectly and i'm sort of thinking i can't be doing that yeah well some of that button i can press some of that's down to uh setting up your wi-fi network because we had an issue here where the communication kept falling out and i just i manually changed the uh the wi-fi channel in the router to another one and it's been absolutely rock solid Uh, because what would happen is if there was any any inactivity it would just drop the connection. So what I did is I specifically set it to a specific channel, and now you can not touch it for, you know, five or six uh, hours and come back and it still works. And that was because that was a bit of a problem, you know. So particularly when yeah. we were communicating with all these different devices, everything running over RTP MIDI uh, over Wi-Fi network and Ethernet, it kind of gets a bit clunky. But this is actually um, uh, it's starting to work a lot better. Oh, now, okay. So, so, so it is possible. That. Definitely possible. And the thing I like, I mean, I, I know I've been going on, the thing I really like about the Raspberry Pi is you look at it and just go, God, how do I, God, do I need a library for interpreting MIDI? And actually all I'm doing is just reading raw data in from a MIDI port and just going, right, oh, was that an eight zero? That's a note yeah. on. Okay, what's the next byte? You know, literally, if the next byte is this note number, then do something, you know. And so I'm not using any MIDI libraries. I'm just going, read the data in a bit by bit. And it's just, I'm finding it really uh, satisfying. I, I, I got my first Pi got my first pie ah uh, in fact i got it i think two days before the mac pro and i gotta be honest i've been enjoying it more, more than, than the mac <laughs> pro <laughs> <laughs> i really have i really have more excited about it um i've been really excited about this thing called rachel which is like an it's like a, a build an os build for the raspberry pi but it's designed specifically as an education tool for children it has a curated wikipedia built into it and all the khan academy lessons 
uh, sorry, I'm really off topic here, but I think it's so positive. It's amazing. Uh, and basically, it's a 32 gig download. Just put it on a 32 gig SD card, whack it in your pie, and then you've got an offline education resource. It's got all these medical encyclopedias, all this information about how to grow things, that food preparation. It's just all offline, all free. Whack it in a pie, which costs about 20 quid. And you've just got your future proofing, you know, your children's education forever. Oh, well, I'll have to check that out. That Something sounds great. Like hmm. Rachel. Rachel for the pie. I mean, we'll have to check that. Uh, we'll have to check that out. But uh, I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I just, it, it gives me a great deal of pleasure. Um, um, what else have we when got? When you say curated Wikipedia, does that mean it's been checked? It's a, it's six thousand articles, and it's basically it's been curated as a for children. You know, the whole thing is for ch- is is an education resource for children. But okay, you know, beyond that, I think it's an amazing thing to have. Loads of loads and loads of stuff. Excellent, just, just amazing. I, I I just think there's a lot of positivity going on in the world that often doesn't get reported about. You know, and like that thing has kind of come about by a lot of very well-meaning people thinking how we spread education to the you know the poorest and the most remote parts of the current you know the world where there's you know no internet and this thing the computer itself is you know peanuts really that thing is entirely free it's quite a powerful powerful idea very right. very empowering yeah very, no I like that yeah. I, i'm, I'm I'm all up for that uh let's go on to another topic then that was the paul uh ipad limer um did you want to go into because you brought this up ages ago and I've never got round to it? And uh, this was uh, this is somebody called Circuit Bird who is uh, uh, she's called Luke Luke Antonia Harvey Kingston upon Hull. She's in the UK and uh, she comes from Hull and she's one of the few female chip tuners. So she's got all these kind of chip tunes. This is four days ago. What's this one? This is called Doomsday Zone. I think she's doing chip tunes of games, um, which is a uh, game tunes. Not all of them are. Um, some of them are done on the Korg. Uh, MO1D. Um, no, it's not playing. That's awesome. So uh, let's try that one. How about this one going to play? Is anything going to work for me? It doesn't look like it today. I can't see that we're using all our network. So none of these are playing. That's great. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> let's all give it good vibes and get the chip tune mm-hmm. to play. Uh, because I wanted to talk a little bit about um, uh, about what it is. So she, uh, anyway, well, while it's sort of loading, let's say uh, she... Let me see if I reload the page whether it's going to work because maybe it didn't uh, load properly. So while while she talk, she uses um, the M1OD on the 3DS, which is was a kind of like little um, Nintendo. Was it like an MS10 or MS20? I can't remember now. It was the first sort of one of the first like musical apps outside. I it was of- a Nintendo M1. Oh yes, yeah, so M1D well. to create chip tunes, and she used Sunvox, an open source music tracker, to create sounds with FM synthesis. Uh, she has plans for. She's got a Commodore Amiga CDTV, uh, and so she's. A, and it's. Just, I can't play any of these. This is really frustrating. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, SoundCloud seems to be not working now. That's awesome. Ah, oh no, hold on. This is loading. Come on then. Oh, God. What's it going to do? <laughs> I don't know. This is thrilling, isn't it? This is uh, we can watch the progress bar. It's like having a fifty-six K mode, and, uh, and there's just nothing. Come on, then, let's have it. The thing with chip tunes, which I think is quite interesting, is the fact that it's quite popular with young people. And then when you actually think that these people were born after these, 
you know, 8-bit computers had more or less died out. They were born well into the 16-bit computer age or, well, you know, six console age. So in a way, it's a little bit like people of older generations, <clears throat> you know, being really into things like the Radiophonic Workshop mm, stuff so. before you were born. <laughs> so it's, it's just that sort of context, I think, that that it feels like it's something um, exotic. Well, the whole notion of chiptunes is quite an interesting concept, isn't it? Because you don't get any kind of real expression. It's really sort of on-off and volume. You don't get sort of dynamics. You don't generally get modulation. You don't get a, a, a necessarily filtering or whatever. It's very sort of raw uh, creation. And I don't. I never really it, got into it, but it, it, it takes quite a lot of skill to be able to complexity do. Complexity of, of the tunes, isn't it? The tunes, there's a lot of complexity and a lot of polyphonic uh, clever stuff going on i mean w when people were making things with the four four voices you know having having it just do lots and lots of stuff a little bit like electrons current sort of parameter lock thing but you know you'd make those voices just do so much so i think people who are really into chip tunes just love just trying to take extreme limitations and make extremely complicated music with it, you know. Yeah, I, I can't. Unfortunately, I can't get any of these to play. Well, which... I used to actually have it on the Atari, a, a four, a thing called a tracker on mm. the Atari, and it had four streams, and you'd type in numbers to get it to play different notes, and then I would choose. I had a whole uh, batch of samples that I'd made up where I'd got a kick with a hat on it, and a snare with a hat on it, and then the kick and the snare on their own. Uh, and the hat on its own. So I, I'd kind of got all the different variations of drum hits so I could do all the drum hits on one channel without having to... So when I wanted to layer the drums for polyphony, I'd have to think about, you know, how I was going to get that to play out. And then, uh, obviously, bass, and and then if you wanted to do chords, I'd kind of make chords and sample them and then put them in the Atari. And it was, it was a, like a real thinking process, a way of... Uh, but I, uh, and I've always had like this thing about I want to be able to create music on portable devices. So um, it, it allowed me to do that without having to bring everything else with me. And, of course, my laptop allows me to do that now without having to bring everything else with me. But then, <laughs> before we had synthesizers in computers, and the first one, I think, if I remember right, it was probably the QuickTime... Oh, yeah, music uh, synthesizer, yeah. MIDI. Music synthesis. Yeah. So that was a sort of a revelation. That came many years after I was doing this thing on the Atari. Um, but what I, like, what I like about her is that she's stuck to that genre. So although I think the M1, the M01D, uh, when I had my QY20 and that M01D thing came out, I considered moving and buy, buying a Nintendo... Uh, DS specifically just so I could run that program but she, I, I think it can create much more complicated sounds than the one she's using and she's stuck with the genre so she's made uh, she's made everything still sound like it's created by Commodore computer chips rather than go off into sort of suddenly she's got this whole new sound palette available to her with the MO1D. She hasn't used it. She's stuck in her genre and continued to program things that sound like that. Mm. Well, uh, as I said, I'd love to be able to play some of this, but uh, none, of this, none of the SoundCloud stuff is just playing. It's just frozen on kind of dangling. I mean, we are using a lot of bandwidth here, but it's certainly not um, affecting any of the other 
issues, uh, apart from obviously this live stream. So I can't get it to play, which is a bit irritating. Um, That's a shame. But I'll put links uh, in the show notes and you can check it out because that would be uh, that'd be cool. And also, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe the YouTube police, I haven't seen him in the chat room, so maybe YouTube police, uh, uh, rather than coming to the chat room, are actually doing something else that's causing us all sorts of problems. I doubt it very much. Um, uh, I, I particularly like her version of Happy Birthday because there's something about the timing of the way she's had to change the timing of it slightly to get it to fit on the grid, uh, uh, okay. which is really interesting because it's still... It, as soon as you hear it, you know it's happy birthday. But actually, if you listen to it and analyse it, it's not. It's something slightly different. So. I'm trying to find it. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to play because uh, I, nothing I, else I, will. I can play this, Nick. Is that coming through? Oh, yes, please. Thank you. Oh, that's quite complex, isn't it? Ah, yeah, we got it. It's working. <laughs> Crikey. Excellent. You believe Ooh. that. So, yes, in case you're wondering what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, it's starting to play. Oh, this is a bit of uh, this is Michael Jackson, isn't it? It's a very... Uh, but I, th- I suppose the thing is... Okay, is she's used the drums, but... Hey. Yeah, yeah, but I, I suppose the thing is it just sort of... It, it, it's, it's very... Uh, it's almost—it's only one step away from auto accompaniment. That kind of very cold, straight way of thing. It takes quite a lot of work to actually be able to create a mod tracker that that works okay. I, I Am see. I right in saying this genre is huge in Japan as well? I think it may be. Yeah. Well, because there's, there's a whole thing about um, recreating game tunes. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's frozen again. I don't know what the hell's going on with this. I'm sorry about this. It's just. But anyway, we heard a bit of it. The Sid Station really is such a important element, really, in in terms of chip tunes kind of becoming a name. Chip tunes, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when did that come out? Ninety eight. Ah, gosh. It was really it was... ahead of the curve. Yes, I'm trying to remember now because. Uh... We did that whole thing with um, yeah, with Electron, but I'm afraid I can't remember. Because when the SID station came out, I was really surprised that anyone would be remotely interested. This, what is it? It's the sound chip of the Commodore 64, that but with kind of that had been hacked open. Um, really cool thing, though. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just putting the winners in the chat. It room. does just have a certain quality to it as well, doesn't it? I mean, it's sort of. It's that grungy kind of really hyper excited because it's the, all those high frequency digital distortion kind of edge. It's almost like somebody's put it through an exciter and then just turned that to some insane kind of <laughs> thing. So it, it kind of gets you. You're like, oh, what, yeah. what is this? Hmm. Um, uh, what else is there? Oh, that's me. I've just fade to black. There's probably another. Um... Another show. Oh, yeah, I found this. Uh, what else have we got? There's uh, Circuit Bird. We did that. Oh, the Libra Music Notion. That was kind of interesting. So this is the... I, I don't know if any of you who uh, perhaps use Office-type 
applications. I mean, for I used to use uh, Microsoft Office uh, for a long time, but now these days I just use LibreOffice. It's open source, and you get a spreadsheet. You get. I mean, I use Google Docs. I mean, I just don't bother buying those sort of suites. And this, there's a notion here. Um, this is a Libre Music project. Uh, launched and uh, it's Libra Music Production. It's the same notion but what it is more than anything else is a collection of tutorials on uh, how to choose for, for working this is for working with audio Linux so uh, let me see if I can zoom that in you'll be able to see. So it, it goes through in detail the steps of you know creating and choosing and installing and distributing of li uh, Linux, getting recording hardware, understanding the basics, which is jack, uh, soft synth and samplers, learning software and producing, and, and tools, and then exporting. And the idea is, um, you know, it, it basically gives you... Yeah, there we go. That's what I've done. I, I highlighted it. <laughs> A way to get started, because something... This is actually something that's quite complex, you know, because really now DAWs, we're sort of cut with these two pieces. As a beginner, you know, you've got choices like GarageBand and... Uh, you know, simple, quite simple production environments that you can just kind of press a button and make things happen. But if you want to go anywhere further, the 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 the, get, the knowledge gap in trying to get a system. Ah, there it goes. Chip <laughs> tunes back again. Um, the, the knowledge gap is so enormous that you know there is actually a room there. And if you're going to start from scratch, I mean, there's a, quite an interesting idea uh, of of using Linux as a distribution. I mean, because obviously now we've got Bitvig uh, will run on Linux, and that's something I would quite interesting. To, to know whether, you know, following these examples, whether it would be possible to get a, a system running uh, and then just put, put Bitwig on it and just have it working. Um, and this is the idea of this is to make a sort of open source uh, um, information centre. And you can subscribe to the newsletter, so get all the latest information. If you're considering getting onto Linux, it might be a good resource for you. Um, and no, I mean, obviously, as you know, as as people are using software professionally, you know, it's a scary thought just to sort of jump in and start using this sort of somewhat untested environment, or at least it feels off the mainstream. Uh, I'd like to do it, but um, could you could run uh, Linux on your new Mac Pro, <laughs> but it would fly. Yeah, uh, it's, this is amazing. You know, I think this is a wonderful thing. The Libra thing, I just what its intention is, I think is so worthy. I love it. I, I love. I think the fact the open source it really gives me faith in mankind. The whole open source world, you know, I love it. I think it's it's amazing. And so uh, the fact that that the more people you can get involved, and the more people who who could get contributing, the better and better it gets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of Wikipedia it's, of uh, Linux music production. It's not a bad idea, yeah. really. I mean, you know, I think it's easy to forget how much... Because, I mean, sometimes, unless once you start to document what you do, uh, it's hard to kind of realise how much inherent knowledge you need to actually get one of these sort of systems working and, and repeatable and so that you can switch it on and actually make music rather than be an IT specialist. Well, this is nice. If just by becoming like a central resource for this information. I just think that that was the thing that was missing. You know, it is, uh, I, I, I'm incredibly intimidated by the technicalities of it. But when I saw this, you know, it was sort of instant bookmark it. And I, I, I'm such a beginner in this world, but this was what I, I really wanted, really. Yeah. Just well, to, hopefully it's going to... it's uh, gonna actually, Hand-holding. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> hand-holding. 
Uh, Mark, I imagine you probably had enough of uh, of setting up yet another OS to run a music system on. You're probably uh, not looking for yet another time <laughs> time black I've got hole. Linux running on a machine, and I've used our door. Um, I don't know. I I think. I mean, the reason I've got Linux running Linux 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 running on a machine is because uh, I downloaded uh, Ubuntu. So if you ask me, Mark, do you know how to put Linux on a machine? I wouldn't have the faintest idea how to do it. But uh, Ubuntu give you this USB key. You put it on the USB key and then it, you follow the instructions. It reformats your hard drive and lo and behold, Linux turns up on your machine. So what would be really clever, and maybe I missed the point, maybe it does do this already, is if they had a Linux Build, a Linux build that just like you put it on a USB key, it reformatted your hard drive, it built you a digital audio workstation with whatever computer you had. This is what it does, right? Hmm. Is it? No, not quite. But uh, uh, if it was as easy as Ubuntu and it just gave me my entire working environment and then I was able to start making music, then I think that puts it above simply going out and buying a working PC from Curry's or something where it's all installed for you and putting Reaper on it, because why, why not that route? Mm. There, is the, there is the one for Raspberry Pi that's a little bit like that, isn't there? It's, um, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, not pure data. It's got pure data, yeah, but it's a, it's, someone's made a, a downloadable uh, build, which is kind of like a a looper and sampler, a whole bunch of things, and it'll run headless as well uh, on I did try and set that up, actually. I've got um, uh, Antonio Bandera, uh, no, um, Savando, I can't remember. Savando Barrio. Barrio did did sort of try and help me with with the pure data patches and setting things up, but to be honest, I've just ran into so many kind of, I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't have time. The the time that I have to to work on applications and getting things working has to be stuff that I actually need to to yeah. use. I don't get time to do that. So uh, I agree. I mean, I don't want to read an introduction to Jack or try and work out. I mean, I kind of know how to use Jack on a Mac, but if it's so, if it's the same, maybe it's easy. But um, I, I I just want it all set up for me. I want to be able to take a disc, put it in my machine, and and then I've got a digital audio workstation. And there's no reason why you couldn't do that. And I think that would that would really set it aside from everything else, and that would make but, it a plausible starting point but isn't, for somebody isn't, who was a beginner. Isn't that effectively what you get when you buy a Mac with OSX on it? You get GarageBand, you get all of those things. I mean, oh sure, but that costs an absolute fortune, doesn't it? Well, yes, but it's a machine, isn't it? I mean, it depends on what machine you've got. But yes, I suppose in terms of the mm. uh, the notion of uh, so I'd say uh, I'd say I'm a 15 year old guy who wants to get into music and. I've got various routes in, and I could persuade my dad to let me use his Mac, which he uses for his architecture business, but he won't let me on it. Or I could buy a laptop from uh, somewhere for £50 and put a CD in it and turn it into a digital audio workstation. I think that would be a cool kind of entry point for that kind of person. Or uh, or somebody who's a busker who doesn't really understand computers a great deal, who could get their hand held into like creating this thing. If you had a step-by-step, this is what you do. You put the disc in and do this, 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 and this, and it turns this machine into a digital audio workstation. That would be cool. Otherwise, Uh, why don't people just go the Windows 
and then whatever shareware is already out there for Windows root. It needs to be something that makes Linux more compelling to use. I can't see an advantage to using it, I suppose. It's not been spelled out clearly enough. The advantage to using it is this. Yeah, we kind of know it's faster on the same hardware, and we know that it's got less kind of... Uh, smoke and mirrors and that and that uses less processing power and and we'll get more out of our processor if we use linux but it's not it's still not enough to be compelling enough to get a musician to go like that's the thing for me yeah that's, I see that's how that I mean, maybe it's mm. a marketing thing. the uh, the thing of on the raspberry pi is uh, satellite ccrma yeah i tried that i just couldn't oh, get you tried it to, that one? i did try i just couldn't get it to i couldn't get it to work yeah and you know, okay. I, but quite often, what happens with me is I, I think I know what I'm doing, so I just go, yeah, this all seems right, and I do it, and I'm missing some sort of specific mm. thing that I didn't know about, and therefore it doesn't work. You know, I did, this is so. my this is my experience too. <laughs> and then you know, you end up in a kind of right. So now what I got to actually be is a Linux command line sysop, so I could get, which is what I end up having to do quite a lot. Mm. So that that tends yeah. to you know that tends to put you off a little bit. Yeah, the Linux heads who I know are, are command line junkies, really, you know. Yeah. And and that is quite intimidating, isn't it? Because they just, you know, reeling off all this code. And, I, and I'm a little bit shy. And, making, <laughs> and because they've been doing it so long, making the assumption that you already know what they're talking about. Well, you and don't. also you, you do get that level of, you know, you write in a forum, I need to know. And then they go, they're, they're very... There is a sense that, you know, it's like, well, look, I could tell you, but you're not going to learn anything. So you need to go and find out. So go and read this sort of stuff. And you just think, oh, you know, mm. end of story, can't be bothered, got, you know, got to go and cook supper. Or, so, that's, so that's the argument for having it on a disk. It's all already set up. You put it in your machine, it finds the right drivers and it just works. Yeah. Because if I go out and I buy an Akai, um, I don't know, an MPC, whatever it's called now. I don't know what the model is now but that is a music making environment and then i just got to learn to use that so no updates just a simple version of ardor sitting on top of a linux thing with us with a synthesizer and a drum machine already set up ready to go on a disc or a virtual disc or a usb stick i put it into an old laptop and then bang it turns it into a music making environment and it works yeah and then because everybody's using the same base system and there's not loads of different variations, then it's supportable. And then it becomes like a really interesting kind of platform for people to work from. Do you think? Yes, hmm. I agree. And like, I think there were some... That, that, there were, no, but there were some... Um, in fact, not that... Like, I'm trying to remember the name. There was a chap uh, doing it probably three or four, maybe five years ago at NAMM. And I can't remember the name of the company, but they were doing it as well. And it was... Uh, you know, they were starting to do... And I, I think I installed it on a machine and tried to get stuff working. And it was... Again, you know, it's, it, it, because, I guess it's because of the unfamiliar side of things. It's just... It has to be Ubuntuized, and that requires quite a lot of programming. You know, when I say Ubuntuized, I mean... You know, very simple drag and drop interface icon. Click here. This stuff happens. You know, and th and that's what needs to happen. And I wonder whether or not there's enough of a, a requirement for it. Because I, I mean, I haven't heard anything else about them. You know, because they were trying to sell it. So they would sell a, an image that you could just download, put on a machine, and it would work. Well, that was the idea, but you paid for it. But clearly, yeah. you know, they haven't become a massive organisation that has, uh, has 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 found that there was a, a lot of demand for it. So I'm guessing it's kind of one of those sort of scenarios. 
Anyway, oh. Um, oh, yes, I found this great band called Braids. Just thought I'd share this with you because uh, I'd never heard of them. Canadian uh, band. Um, they're just really good. I'm just trying to see if I can find one of the uh, in kind. This is that they're just a really interesting three piece band and live. And maybe I'll play this one actually. Hold on. Oh, this is as if it's going to work. Why am I thinking it's going to work? This is uh, there's actually a performance that they did on uh, KEXP, which is a brilliant live um, streaming channel. And this is uh, in Seattle. Um, and this is a, I'll just play a little bit of it because I expect I will get busted by this the police. And it can you know it's probably not going to work anyway. So we'll see whether or not. Here we go. This is really interesting. They've got a set. Yeah, there we go. It's not working. Of course it's not working. Why would it anything work today? Um, the, basically, the uh, keyboard player uh, plays a keyboard and also uh, one of those cat uh, vibraphone controllers. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What can I say? Uh, normal 2K can't even manage 240p. There must be something up with the stream today. Uh, it's just one of... Uh, you know what? I don't think I can be bothered. Anyway, check them out. Braves, they're brilliant. Um, they're, and they've got a real... What they do is they, they have... A, the, the vocalist, who's called Raphael, has got a fantastic name, and she's got an amazingly acrobatic voice, and uh, the drummer, uh, who plays live drums, and in any other scenario where you've got live drums and technology, he's playing very sort of quite jazzy drums, very unusual drum kit. It would sound really ropey, but he is so good and so inventive that... Uh, it really does. Uh, it really does. Oh, look, here we go. It really does kind of come alive. Let's see if this is actually going to work. I'll play, click it back. Uh, oh, <laughs> help me. I can't. Right. So, um, Braids, do check them out. Have you heard of them, Gaz? No. And no. what was the channel that you were saying uh, about? KEXP, is it? KEXP. Oh, it seems to be downloading. And they do like a video stream from there, do they? Yeah, they do. I mean, something I'd like to do something like that here. Be you know, yeah. So here he is. This is and that. that this is just that. It's just a great notion. This is a, and this is all live. What's amazing about this? It is all live. And this is quite. They usually have ambient beginnings, but then they get. And she's just got an. She plays guitar as well. Lots of echo stuff. because I will get busted mm. but do check them out Braids um, I don't know if they're working on a new album the last album was uh, I think this was recorded in looks like uh, October last year uh, uh, November last year and I don't know if they're working on a new one but they do gig but do try them out they're very very good so um, I suppose really um, that's probably all I dare for this week because we've had a bit of technical issue. Difficulties. I do apologise for that if you've been frustrated in the chat room. But this stream will be online as soon as possible. And uh, so you won't have missed all that much. Just be a slight delay. Uh, mm -hmm. Once again, we thank our sponsors, Isotope. Don't forget, you can win a copy of uh, Isotope Brake Tweaker. All you have to do is 
tweet the hashtag Future Beat Machine to at Sonic Nick at Isotope Inc. We'll select a winner and you could have a, a full working copy of Break Tweaker or check the demo uh, if you fancy that as well. Uh, and we're going to stop while we're ahead because um, I don't really want to uh, break anything else. But uh, So I'm going to say, Mark Tinley, thank you very much for joining us this week and uh, sharing your thoughts with us, including your fabulous uh, black box. I think that's an awesome thing to own, the Roger Lynn. Yeah, it's cool, actually. Um, so, yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. And... Um, and I'm just answering the chat room. Solophonics is asking whether or not I got I got the um, microbrute for myself. The answer is no. Uh, quite simple, really. Uh, I would like one, but it was because it was such a new one. It was uh, had to be sent back, and I've never found a budget to buy it again. But anyway, Gaz Williams mm. also there in Bristol. Sure. Gazwilliams.me. Check him out. He does good stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, let me think. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my microbrute to come back. Actually. It went, it went funny a number of months ago. And, um, so it's been in the shop for quite a long time now. So, okay. Um, one little thing I wanted to talk about very briefly. Um, I, I got another bass. Oh, <laughs> good for you. Let's have a look. <laughs> uh, no, this one's interesting. Uh, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's a new model and it's got a, a function. Um, Uh, it's it's called a portamento base uh, oh. made by Ibanez. It's got like a very long wow. fretboard. Oh, same, I see. Yeah, it goes right up to the the, thir- the thirty body. frets. So it gives you the same amount, note amounts as a double bass, and it's got like flat wound strings, and it's got this new pickup that's called the Aero Silk. It's in it's in it's got normal pickups, but it's got these ones in the piezo and they're tuned to make it sound like a double bass oh so you can oh, play and it's and the thing when you when you play it uh maybe i could just hang on uh it it does sound a little bit like a double bass but it sort of sounds like its own thing but it, it sounds amazing hang on okay Talk amongst yourselves. Well, let's talk amongst ourselves. Uh, Gaz is going to demo the uh, um, the thing. So when he says it's tuned to be a little bit EQ'd. like a double bass, does that work the same way as the Line 6 thing converts my no. guitar into a Strat or an SG or a whatever? Or is it- no, no. It, I, I, I don't think there's any digital processing. I think it's... I, I reckon it's just some sort of filter on it you know um okay but it just sounds this is just the back pickup now um is that coming through it is a bit yeah Yeah. uh hang on Gaz Gaz is turned to have some technical difficulties now hooray i'll just sit back (laughs) and i think oh not just me um it's oh, quite distorted, that, yeah. That sounds it's like it's distorted. It. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I can, t- I mean, even over Skype, I can tell that it's got a, a, a quality of uh, acousticness to it. It sounds phenomenal. 
Excellent. And it's quite, it's quite a cheap paint as well. So it's just... Um, What's it called again? It's called an Ibanez Portamento. Portamento. Yeah, Portamento. Yeah. Portamento. Uh, yeah, like okay. Portamento on the keyboard. Um, but, yeah, sorry, that was a terrible demonstration. But <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably be ringing you out for an endorsement deal in a second. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it's just... Uh, I've been looking for something like that for 20 years, really. I've, I've got an acoustic fretless bass, and I've got various other fretless basses, but this one... And I actually had the Line 6 one as well, which got like a, a double bass sound. And on the GR, right. the Roland GR55 has got like an acoustic sound. Which sounds very good, but is limited because it's MIDI. But this thing is it's something else. It's amazing. Great. Well, on that note, or on those notes, should I say... Can I make one more ah, question? Mark, yes, of course you can. <laughs> I want to buy Pro Tools M-Power from someone. I just want the disc so I can plug it into my, this, whatever that thing's called. What's it called? Black Box, yeah. Because apparently it works with Pro Tools M-Power. So I've got Pro Tools, but I like to have all sorts of different ways of doing things. So if anyone wants to sell me Pro Tools M-Power, send, send me an email. How about that? Okay, that sounds Please. promising. I might be able to help you there, but I have to dig it out. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't keep CDs around the place so much now. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for staying with us. Um, if you've just been chatting in the chat room, then um, which seems people have, they've been enjoying themselves. I think the stream is about half an hour behind at the moment. But thank you very much for your uh, for joining us. If you want to join us, at no show next week. Uh, we'll be back on september the third i believe yes september the third which is the next wednesday um after the next one so no show next week but a show the week after thank you very much everybody for watching thanks to i for the sponsors thanks to mark and thanks to gaz uh that's it for this week uh, i will now quit while i'm ahead and press fade to black <laughs>